0: What's up? And welcome to Sweathead with Mark Pollard. I have Anna Skorich today. We're going to do some live strategy. We're going to do some strategy about selling IKEA to architects. Anna is an architect who also works in marketing. And we did a little thing on Wednesday this week over on Instagram, where over the course of about 24 hours, we, through Instagram stories, we as in hundreds of people (laughs) through Instagram stories, decided on a brief uh, to play with so that we could do some strategy together. And part of why I like to do these things is because first of all, it's important to practice. It's fun to practice. It's playful to practice. And also that in uh, practicing, we can sort of expose the messiness of what we all do. And often we are nervous about sharing the messiness of what we do with our colleagues or with other agencies and and, and that we work with or with clients. And so it's really with a spirit of of sharing and gentle competitiveness that we're gonna approach this today. Uh, But before I get into that, and before we get into the exercise, I just wanted to also mention that we have launched the Sweathead Strategy Accelerator. It's happening on November one. It's probably the most intimate and involved Training experience that we've created so far. It lasts for seven weeks. It involves about 10 hours of live sessions as well as three to four hours of online videos and exercises. And it's really the culmination. I, I would say it's a culmination, although I think we're going to continue to try to culminate. It's a culmination of years of years of training people and trying to bring in the feedback that we get from people as well as the things that we come across in the academic literature about learning. Learning's difficult, right? Because the the perfect way to learn is really to have some kind of apprenticeship structure where for maybe five years you're working with a person or two who explain concepts to you and then get you to work on them, give you feedback and kind of coach you through this over a long period of time. But that's not really an experience that many people in the strategy world have. Every now and then someone might strike gold and have a boss who's able to actually really spend some time with them and develop them. But a lot of the times people aren't being trained formally. Uh, They're not necessarily being trained on the job job in the way that maybe they need. There can be a big gap between strategists and their bosses. Uh, And so we're just hoping that we can plug some of that gap in a in a meaningful way. Uh, the other thing with the accelerator is that there'll be a few assignments, some group work, as well as uh, one-on-one coaching sessions with me, if that's worth anything. And if you're interested in it, go to bit.ly bit dot L-Y forward slash strategy. No, it's not it's forward slash strategy, it's forward slash sweathead accelerator. Bit.ly forward slash sweathead excel- accelerator. All right, on with this, Anna architect 15 years then shifted Mm -hmm. into marketing. Why, why did you do that?
1: Oh, I don't. I don't think I've shifted completely. I don't think none of the architects ever actually leave the profession. We're tied to it. It's a religion. It's a cult. But uh, some certain circumstances of my life have changed, and I couldn't be. I was traveling back and forth. I was between Amsterdam and Belgrade at the time, and so I couldn't be present on a construction site. I couldn't be there for my clients twenty four seven, which is usually expected of you. So I had to switch to something else. And oddly enough. A lot of skills from architectural practice are completely transferable into marketing.
0: Okay. Could you talk to me about three of those transferable skills?
1: Well, uh, one is project management skills, definitely, because when you're finishing up a project, you are working with this... Huge number of different people from different professions going from your client to construction workers to the suppliers to other engineers, and you serve as a translation point between your client and his needs and wants, and people who are actually supposed to produce that. And that's good in any business. Uh, the other thing is that my or our stress levels are nowhere near to what happened. I know that everyone in, age, you know, the hashtag agency life, that everyone is, you know, exhausted and there's a lot of stress, but stressing over whether the client will like your creative or not is one thing. And stressing over whether the there will be a collapse on the construction site and someone might get killed or something, that's a completely different pair of shoes. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think a third Third possible thing that's quite useful is um, we're used to going, to, uh, making a lot of choices throughout the day. We don't get that selection fatigue easily. I'm used to going through samples, swatches, colors, drawings, furniture catalogs, anything. So I can go through I don't know 300 stock images in five minutes. You know, and say, okay, this, this, and this. We need these three, and that's done. So that kind of speed you get. Yeah. For like file browsing, that's useful in an agency as well.
0: That third point is really interesting. I've never quite thought about it like that before, but but recently I've sort of been... (laughs) playing the field with some doctors and medical situations (laughs) here and and also I've got kids in school and what I find is in these really institutionalized places they're basically designed to minimize choice and decisions in Mm -hmm. in some ways right some of them some of those places make very important and critical decisions but in general when you're interacting with people you're just interacting with the bureaucracy in agency life and also with architects yes you're going to Mm -hmm. come into uh, contact with bureaucracy but it's not or it shouldn't be at the heart of bureaucracy. So yeah, the fact that you are constantly making decisions and how that Mm -hmm. can affect you, how it can be brilliant and maybe tiring. That's a really interesting point. All right, let's get this, let's get into this exercise. What, what I've, what Mm -hmm. we did is so the way that we usually do this is I'll post something on an Instagram story and say, let's choose a brand and audience. And so Minal Jadeja who's at means BAA means bar suggested we do our IKEA and architects. There's no real reason for it. Okay. It's just a bit of fun. Mm -hmm. And the weird thing is like, I've done these exercises with hundreds of people in live sessions and sometimes also over Mm -hmm. on Instagram. And every now and then someone who doesn't know what we're doing, will jump into the comments and be like, you guys are stupid. This literally happened this week. (laughs) You're all stupid. And like, what are you even doing? And why would you even need to sell IKEA to architects? Hey, relax. Okay. This is just play. It's just play. (laughs) No one's trying to be better than anybody else. It's just play. So Anna, what are, want to do is I'm going to go through what we put out there and then we're going to use you because the Mm -hmm. audience of this hypothetical exercise is architects and you are an architect and you work in marketing. We're also going to come up with a new way to do this based on your own intel, your own insights into being an architect. So let's start with this, the hypothetical situation, IKEA needs architects to buy more of their products. Simple, simple. Mm. Okay. Then what we did and what we're going to do is we listed obstacles. So we started playing with the problem where we're defining the problem as the human problem behind the business problem, or really what it's about is the obstacle or the barrier in people's minds, why they're not doing this thing, why they're not buying Ikea. And so uh, Meredith Jow said they think Ikea is unoriginal. Soneka Tilway said Ikea is an easy way out for an architect. Vicky Iniga said architects may feel the Ikea experience brings them down to what anyone else can do. This is all just intuitive. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We're not trying to be like really thorough, <laughs> thorough researchers, but the reason that I pulled those three out, out of, uh, I don't know what it was, maybe 20 or 30, possibly more is that they're not using marketing language. You know, there's mm-hmm. like easy way out is an interesting phrase for me, uh, or, you know, Ikea can bring an architect down, for example. It's an interesting language. We're not trying to be too big and, and mighty and, and marketing. Then we rewrote the problem. So we took that last one and re- rewrote it like this. Architects think anyone can do Ikea and they don't want to do what anyone can do. And then we rewrote that again to anyone can do Ikea. What's the problem? Architects think anyone can do Ikea, right? There's a lot embedded in that. And we'll talk about whether this is true mm-hmm. or resonates at all in a second. Then we ask why. And so people suggested tens and tens of reasons of why IKEA might, make, uh, might not fit with what architects want to do because architects don't want to do what anyone can do. And we, again, sort of pull apart the problem. IKEA makes architects feel unoriginal, uncreative, not special, like they don't matter, like their work doesn't matter. This is not from research. So relax. If you're hardcore, (laughs) relax. And then we restated the problem. Ikea makes architects feel small. I like a problem statement to be a little left of center, a gentle lateral thought. We probably might not have connected Ikea and smallness or feeling small or belittled or something like that. Right? So at a mechanics level, not necessarily at a factual level, it works. It works for me. Then we listed insights. We chose one and sharpened it. And the way that we pulled apart the problem is really just to get to this insight that it's IKEA's instructions that make architects feel small. This is really just wordplay. Uh, that was from Rodrigo Moroni. Thank you for playing along, Rodrigo. Rodrigo is the chief strategy officer at Crispin Porter Boguski in Brazil, and you can listen to an interview we did a, few, a couple of weeks ago, actually, about problems. So... We sort of focus on the instructions don't know if that's right or wrong really but we're just trying to flow 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 Mm -hmm. then we articulated the advantage this is playing with the four points framework that i like um wrote this advantage ikea's instructions are a dare it was sort of hanging together there's definitely a part of the process here where i start to feel overwhelmed and confused and lost and then i need some time off and then i think about like hey what's the word what's the word And then two potential strategy statements show that Ikea is for architects whose ideas are a middle finger to instructions. Strategy two, show that Ikea is home to the small pieces for your big ideas. So there's a riff on small and big, and that was suggested by Ruma Singola. And where we netted out is this. We're coming to you in a second, Anna. Thank you for listening and being patient. Uh, Problem, Ikea makes architects feel small. Insight, it's Ikea's instructions that make architects feel small. Advantage, Ikea's instructions are a dare. To architects, strategies show that IKEA is for architects whose ideas throw middle fingers at instructions. It's it's okay, honestly. Like I would usually want to come up with three to five of these and then actually write them out to make them better. But there is something here that I like, and it's this sense of maybe IKEA and their instructions belittle architects, but maybe Anna, that sense of belittling would challenge or trigger an architect to go do something that's never been done before. So that's, that's that at the heart of where we got here. What, what's your take on, on this before we get into coming up with an alternative, Anna? Mm,
1: well, um, first of all, as I've said, when you're doing this on, on Instagram, I said the pain points are a bit off. Architects don't mind I, IKEA actually. Okay. This is a thought experiment, but let's say they do. Uh, the, the, main issue is not I mean it's not about loss of creativity, it's not about how you assemble the furniture. You can have the same issues with any other furniture shop that's that's not a problem. The issue is that IKEA doesn't play well with other kids. If you buy something big, something substantial, if you're going to do a whole kitchen in IKEA or like whole bathroom, things that have technical aspects that need to be. Well researched, well combined together. You use IKEA's technology mostly. You can't. Uh, I can't have my carpenters who are working on an interior design project. I can't have them come in and cut uh, an IKEA wardrobe in half with their tools. It doesn't work mm. like that. It just works as a single piece. So for me, the way to say so, we end up buying, you know, just a few lamps or something or a couch, things that don't need to be connected to other things. Okay. So we need the IKEA to be able to work with the old fridge I have at home because I'm going to replace the elements of the kitchen, but I'm not going to replace all the appliances I have, let's say.
0: So just to point out, if you're new to strategy or just looking to play a little bit differently, the way Anna's talking is really, really usable language. There's no jargon Mm -hmm. here. There's no marketing language. And so when you're interviewing people, you want to kind of keep them in this real world language. And then when you're working on strategy, you want to stay in that real world language. You know, IKEA doesn't play well with kids. So we end up buying a few lamps or a couch. We need IKEA to be able to work with the old fridge. This is really simple language, right? Now, if we want to back our way into a business problem, I guess what Anna's saying is one of the symptoms of buying a few lamps or a couch, or that they are the symptoms, sorry, that architects are not, you know, making massive orders for IKEA. They just buy a little a few things here or there, which means that there's probably Relax, hardcore people, probably loss of sales or uh, an issue or an opportunity actually to potentially sell more more things to architects, bigger things to architects. So what I'm going to do is I'm taking notes as we go through this and hopefully we're going to get somewhere that's a little bit different. Um, Definitely want to keep you with the language and the directness Mm -hmm. of of the way you're talking because it's perfect. So IKEA doesn't play well with kids is potentially a starting point. Um, you talked about how it's hard to combine IKEA with things that might exist. Could you, maybe other two other examples of how IKEA doesn't play well with other kids?
1: Oh Well, it, it depends on different markets in different countries because, you know, people live in different ways, in different cultures. So some things might not um, be the same, like, in the U.S. as they are in Europe. <laughs> uh let's say something that's technically uh, a bit complicated like a bathroom because there are a lot of different fittings, there are a lot of different habits Uh, the way that people equip their bathrooms is quite different in Italy than it is in Greece, than it is in France and uh, the selection that IKEA gives has to be able to fit in with all of these different contexts that's the problem so you can either buy the whole bathroom or you can try to fit in with bits and pieces of what you already
0: have. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So there's really this sense of just to repeat a few of the themes you've mentioned or mm-hmm. really the key, the word bit is, is it feels like a really important and very tiny word, it's three letters, mm-hmm. right? But, but essentially that people are not committing to Ikea in a big way. They're only committing to Ikea in bits. Right. Yes,
1: yeah. in small chunks, in pieces, because you don't, you really do only have the option to go full IKEA or none. So Ooh, let's I like use that. a bit.
0: <laughs> See, you're good at this. Um, sometimes it takes a while just to coach people into using short language, but I love that phrase. Say it again for me.
1: Oh, mm. uh, you mean uh, people can go either full IKEA or none?
0: <laughs> yes. <laughs>
1: Oh, I, I've okay. trained myself a lot to um, use simple language and not to use technical jargon because I think it, it's a bit of gatekeeping practice and it doesn't help anyone in the process. So.
0: Yeah, and I'd imagine there's even more of that in in architecture than in,
1: <laughs> Oh, yes.
0: In advertising, right? Okay. Mm-hmm. So, look, the what I've written down here, we've got about three problems to choose. IKEA doesn't play well with other kids. Um you can only go full IKEA or none, and then there was a couple of other things I wrote down that it uh, not mm-hmm. quite that don't quite make sense. Which one do you think we should choose?
1: Mm-hmm. I I am liking the
0: full Ikea or none. Yeah, Yeah, it's got a nice ring to it. Mm. And guess what, everybody? Ikea is the word with the most syllables, (laughs) and it's only (laughs) four letters. But every other word here is four or three or two letters. So that's wonderful.
1: Yeah, and these caps these uh, caps locked works would already make a great uh, like a Instagram post or something visual because everything is just four letters. I can already see it in different fonts.
0: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So I don't know about you, but what I like to do is if we land on a problem like this, and I think we're going to use this rather than do the five whys and go. Well, what's causing that? What's causing that? Mm-hmm. Because this language is is really loaded. And I'll jump into. I'll, I'll try to think of an opening slide of a presentation. I know it's bold mm-hmm. to start with with mm-hmm. a problem if you're presenting to a client or internally, but I love this. You can only go full, that'd be big, full IKEA mm-hmm. or none. That'd be small on the slide, and maybe we can find some hilarious animated GIF or some serious image that brings that to life. But for me, it's really loaded and interesting. If you spend your days trying to get into people's heads, but are interested in strategy classes, books, and events that get into your head, visit Sweathead.com. You can pick up the Kickstarter-funded book, Strategy Is Your Words, by me. Find out about our monthly membership, online classes, and the company training that we do. Yes, this was an ad, a gentle, gentle ad. Back to the interview. Now we're going to talk insights, and and again, we're playing with the four points uh, framework. If you've not seen it, if you don't know what we're talking about, Mm -hmm. uh, I don't know. I wrote a book about it, so you can check it out there. But the insight here, we, we want the insight to open up the problem, right? And often what happens, whether you're using the four Cs or get to buy or whatever strategy technology you like, is that there can be these sentences that appear on a slide in boxes, but they don't bring a theme through. And that's weird to me, you know? And so... The generic kind of patronizing one that always comes to mind, for example, is like with the four C's, where you get four truths. The consumer truth might be, you know, mums are really busy. I've seen that so many times. It's so patronizing. Uh, cultural mm. truth, people have short attention spans. The category truth is always sea of sameness. And the company truth is like, I don't know, high performance tires. Right. And then in the middle might be a strategy statement or a brand essence or a single minor proposition or something, but you can see with those four sentences, they're not very interesting, first of all. And then there's no theme working through this. So the, the theme that we're probably going to need to pull through is going to be, we're going to be led by a word like full or none, mm-hmm. or even that that word bit or chunk that you mentioned earlier. Again, really lovely language, right? These these words feel good to say. (laughs) They definitely feel better than words like holistic and synergistic. Okay. Mm. So we want the insight to open it up, open up the problem. The problem will feel a bit like a criticism, which I think people can struggle with. It's like, oh, it's not supposed to sound like a criticism. And then the insight will probably maintain some of the tension, the discomfort that we've got rather than trying to solve the problem. But let's see. So, Anna, you, you know, we kind of got to work out the insight being an unspoken human truth, bit of pressure to do it in a minute or two. <laughs> uh, there's some joining language that I like, you know, but here's the thing about. So you might start with, you can only go full IKEA or none. Imagine that's your opening slide or your opening sentence, mm-hmm. uh, first paragraph of an essay, second paragraph starts to get to the insight, But here's the thing about dot, dot, dot. Ooh. And sometimes it takes a second to work out the question you're asking of the words that have already appeared. So we are going to be a bit messy here, overwhelmed, scared. And I might just talk to fill space, hoping that your brain is cracking it as I uh, fill time, fill space. So, but here's the thing about going full or going none or buying Ikea in bits. You know, keeping in mind, we're trying to sell more IKEA to architects. Is anything coming to mind? Sorry to put the work back on you, but you, mm-hmm, you're the strategist and the research.
1: I'm trying to think from, the, from both of those positions right now. Um. I think we can connect like, you know, there's this stress point for everyone who's ever done any remodeling work for their apartment, The this visual you have in your mind of your house being full of construction workers, from like 20 people, everything crowded, you don't know what's happening. So ikea and like uh, the image of a house full of people working on it and now with the ikea you need to have two sets you have your own workers you have like painters you know the electric crew the plumbers and everything and then you have the ikea guys assembling your kitchen so we make the image of the full house even fuller even more crowded it create i think it creates a nice bit of tension you know and okay. <laughs> a tiny little panic attack for everyone
0: okay and so but is that something that people would want because it feels like like I don't know if I would want 50 people in. I know it's not 50, but it, no, people that's,
1: want that's, that. yeah, no, this is they, what people don't want, so I think the idea the, the juxtaposing the image of a house that's you know overflowing with workers and a house that only has two or three guys that fix everything, that's like a release point. I think that's um: Okay, that's
0: okay, a good starting point. Okay. Yeah. So let me, let me wrap my head around that. Mm-hmm. It's going to be messy for a few minutes here. Fellas, uh-huh. fellas? Why would I say that? People, people, fellow people. <laughs> um, so what we're saying is the problem is you can only go full Ikea or none. And then there's this insight about how.
1: How the process is difficult. Mm.
0: Okay. Could you give me a few more words? Could, could you explain in what way the process is difficult?
1: uh you you need to have like two separate projects two sets of organization one thing is the part you're doing with your own crew with your own suppliers the other thing is the part you're doing with ikea and their design team and assembly team and delivery so for ikea would mean you just go with them None would be okay. to stay with your
0: guys. And there's no in-between that works well. Got it. Got it. Mm-hmm. Interesting. All right. So there's something, so we've, we're assuming that we're trying to sell full IKEA, right? Not just mm-hmm. lamps and couches. Mm-hmm. We're trying to sell bigger bigger projects or the entire project. And what you're saying is that if you don't commit to one as in IKEA, full IKEA, mm-hmm. then you're potentially doubling your work, doubling your risk, doubling your time, doubling your stress. There's you know, potentially I could, yeah, okay, got it. Um, just, just on that though, isn't that also an argument for not going with IKEA?
1: <laughs> it is sometimes it is, but um, this is why we're trying to sell the full IKEA. I think. Yeah.
0: yeah. Okay. So what we're trying to do is we're trying to reframe the idea of like a piecemeal approach to mm-hmm. uh, some kind of renovation. And what we're saying is that piecemealing a piecemeal approach will double.
1: Double your what? workload, double your stress.
0: Okay. Let's see. Soon. All right. So we've got something, something happening here. I get it. I get it. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> all right. So, so then we'll look at the advantage where, The advantage is what makes the brand, in this case, IKEA, or going full IKEA, unique and motivating in people's minds. It usually is a way to assemble the reasons to believe or the features, the attributes, the ingredients of the product or brand in a way that we are focusing on the attributes, the ingredients of the product or brand that are most interesting to the audience, not just to our marketing team or our product marketing people, to the audience. Mm -hmm. So for the architects, we're going to think about what's going to make going full IKEA uh, compelling, and also we want to try to bring some kind of theme through here. Maybe it's the full IKEA or full versus piecemeal. All right. So, mm-hmm. in a sen- in a sentence, is there a way to summarize how going like w- what IKEA's advantage is for the architect?
1: Uh, it's because full is actually possible. Going full IKEA is actually possible. You can go from the doorknob to the spoon and fork easily.
0: Okay. And what's the benefit of that? So full IKEA, how does full IKEA help architects?
1: One-stop shop.
0: Okay. And what's the benefit of that? How does it help them?
1: Shortens time, releases stress. There is this uh, well established brand that has trust built in, as in regarding the, the quality of the work, the uh, delivery times, you know, assembly systems, stuff like that. So the brand is already established in your mind. And uh, there is an element of helping the decision making process because there are not a lot of trends. There, it's not like shopping all around, thinking whether we want to go this way or that way. Okay, they have these two, three lines this season, and maybe next year they'll have something else. But it releases the 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 problem of decision making.
0: Okay, so what I'm trying to do here is I, I want to I like to use the word characterize. You know, all the stuff that mm-hmm. we're doing, we're not literally reporting from research, um, mm-hmm. but there's to me an editorial responsibility and opportunity at each step of the way, as far as what we're doing. Uh, And I kind of like, I feel like the way one way to characterize what you're talking about, especially based on the insight is that there's a risk that having multiple vendors or architects or not architects, but like a messy situation could Mm-hmm. put you in peace, could put you in pieces. I don't even know if that's correct English, but like <laughs> there's a sense, there's a sense that, you know, you could fall apart. You know, it's really stressful. Mm-hmm. It takes twice as long. You're wasting money, all that kind of stuff. But I like the idea of peace pieces because it riffs with piecemeal versus full mm-hmm. and how, uh We're we'll called going. It's kind of funny. Going full IKEA. It's now a thing. Everybody <laughs> going, going, going full IKEA. Won't, won't split you into pieces. Won't put you in pieces. Oh. Does that make sense at all?
1: Yeah, won't leave you in pieces.
0: Maybe. Yeah. Okay, that's and that's a big that's a big promise. Uh, I'm okay. To, I'm okay to use this cause it connects with what we've got here. Uh, there's obviously going to be some kind of discussion. Oh, can we use a negative word? Like won't, I don't know. I don't know. We're just riffing. Cause <laughs> we want to try, we want to try to get somewhere and then we could always go back and write it differently. So then we get to the strategy statement. The strategy is trying to solve the problem by putting the insight mm-hmm. and the advantage together. I usually have things like the four C's in the back of my mind. I'm like, what's the competition doing or saying, what's happening in culture, etc. cetera. But I also like the four points because it's pretty direct. So strategy statement might take the form of show that X is Y. And I think for the sake of it, and this is not to be formulaic, by the way, it's just mm-hmm. a way to write things. Show that going full Ikea is i mean we swap out the verb dot 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 so we want to bring this feeling of fullness versus in pieces piecemeal pieces and we're trying to sell this to the architect who's like it's Mm -hmm. who's just buying a lamp or two right now so what does anything come to mind based on the words we have here anna
1: Mm, I'd like to say it's, yeah, I'm sure that going for like, yeah, it's possible.
0: Okay. That is, yeah, so that it's
1: actually possible. Yeah, And I like okay. the, um, we've been a bit negative.
0: Uh, ah, this careful, brainstorming careful, so
1: far. So.
0: Careful <laughs> with the negative policing. Oh, oh negative poli- yes. policing. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Possible. So word like possible for me, it, it is really distant from what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I, I think that's something that people do because they're uncomfortable with attention. the tension. The thing about possible is that it's not to me, it's not very specific, you know, because we're like, well, it's like <laughs> you often see campaigns that are like, we're different, and it's just like well, okay, in what way? So if going for IKEA is possible, in what way? But also, how does it address what we've already written down? Mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. that there can be that, that a piecemeal approach can leave you in pieces. Okay, so I'm going back. I'm rewriting mm-hmm. the insight. I'm writing this in a Google document that Anna can see. A piecemeal approach can leave you in pieces. The architect, maybe, or the renovator. Okay, so. We want the strategy to honor that, to not run away from it. And to not, as I think there can also be, it's not what you did, but there can also be this tendency to, to sort of do this strategy grandstanding at this point where we're going to pull out a big word from the sky that's not connected to anything because it sounds big and cavernous. Yeah. Uh, We want to stay small here. So Mm -hmm. can you think, again, I'm just talking to buy you time.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Because, yeah, this is such a life situation where we brainstorm entire strategy in 15 minutes. Okay.
0: (laughs) Welcome to my career.
1: (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) I'm trying to go back. Okay, trying to go back to, I like the the pieces and chunks against full.
0: And, and the thing is, we don't have to. It doesn't have to be this set of language that is like, "Whoa, where did that come from?" <laughs> if we want to be positive, we could say that. Show that going full IKEA will keep you together, right? Something like that. Mm-hmm. That's a little. That's a little airy fairy. But you see how that's like a, a positive spin okay, on yeah. some, something negative. And then we look at that set of language and we're like, "Is it specific enough? What are we really saying?" That's the first thing. And then the second thing is if you're working in with a creative team, you know, could you potentially see an idea? What could that idea mm-hmm. be? Um, you know, maybe you, mm-hmm. I, I think because we're using, using relatively rich language pieces is not a difficult thing to see. Mm-hmm. You know, you could, I know Ikea is more realistic. It does, mostly realistic advertising, but imagine a photo of a family where the family's all in pieces like a puzzle. Okay. I can see that. Is that amazing? No, but I could see it or they're broken. They're shattered. The whole family shattered. The architect shattered, everything's shattered. Uh, the renovations undone. And you just see this, um. you, you see, and, a kitchen that's just a mess, and the whole family is literally broken into shards around it. Okay, I know you don't like the negative part of that, but that's like a way to maybe dramatize the problem. And all I'm really saying is like I can see it, and that's enough. So uh, oh, you, know, you could then- easily
1: imagine um, a set of like IKEA-like assembly instructions, but for you, for yourself, or for the family,
0: oh, or something I like, like that. That because
1: this is so recognizable, yeah, and the whole idea of it. The-
0: I like that. I think that okay, work. So let's, let's just keep to this sentence show that going full Ikea will keep you together. Mm-hmm. Is it you? Is it the architect? Is it the family? Is it the renovation? Is it like we'll keep renovations and families together? Is it, well, I don't know why I'm using the word family, but, uh, mm. what, what's it, what's it keeping together?
1: I would to go for people more than apartments or furniture because everyone had that huge argument with their partner or significant other after failing to assemble, you know, something from Ikea. So I think this would resonate, like keep you you as a family, as a couple or something.
0: Okay, yeah, so we're gonna use the word in a bit of, the the word you in a bit of a grabby way, because it Mm -hmm. feels like if Ikea is like, we're focusing on families because that's our, our research shows, that renovations happen, this particular life stage and we're missing out on a big opportunity and a lot of these families are using architects then we would probably use the word family i just know that mm-hmm. well it's, it's 2021 and the idea of family is is very different from say 10 years ago right it's not as traditional in many, many parts of the world uh but I, but i like this this hangs together right so the problem mm-hmm. you can only go full ikea or none insight a piecemeal approach can leave you the family, the architect, the renovation, everything in pieces. Advantage, going full IKEA won't leave you in pieces. Strategy, show that going full IKEA. <laughs> it's, it's funny that we're using that phrase. Like We would not, probably not use that in public, although why not? Show that going full IKEA will keep you. You is grabby. Show that going full IKEA will keep you together. Do you feel that this, there's something here?
1: Yeah, I'm uh, I'm looking at yeah, the document and the way that full Ikea pops in caps lock around. I'm okay with it. Yeah, I like yeah. this. All
0: right. All right. Mm-hmm. And because all, all we're trying to do, so that's, what is it, 30 minutes or so, mm-hmm. uh, and we, we did have the cheating advantage of having an architect <laughs> <laughs> talk us through this. Um, but, you know, we're, we're trying to point out the use of short words potentially rich language, language that you can see pieces. I can see, I can't see holistic. I can't see empowering. Mm -hmm. I can't see synergistic. I can't see any of that fancy language. So don't use it. Right. Uh, and then we've got this theme that within four sentences kind of gives you the structure of a one page strategy story or strategy essay, which is what I would usually do. And then next, Mm -hmm. and in writing that I would try to push the words around and make it sharper, better. Uh, and, and also that these four points, these, these four sentences, are. potentially the structure of your presentation. You know, you could start with a problem and then show the symptoms of the problem. So you can only go full IKEA or none. And then the next few slides are like, we talked to these people. Here's what they said about this. Here's an example of someone trying to do a bit of everything and it not working. Proof, proof, proof. Uh, And then you bring in the insight and then you bring in the advantage. And again, you might have a few slides if you're slide oriented showing the proof because you're making an argument. Strategies and informed opinion about how to win. You're making an argument. Uh, And then you land on the strategy show that going full Ikea will keep you together. Uh, And I know we're using some language that's a bit weird here, like full, the strategy could also connect to a single minor proposition, but we kind of know what the it's going to be. It's going to have some, that language or the key, the key message or the language in the single minor proposition will be something about how, uh, committing to Ikea will keep your renovations, your families, your dreams, your ideas together. And I mentioned too many things there. I think I mentioned four things and we've got to choose one, which is what the writing process next would help. And then you would potentially introduce the campaign idea, right. And then have, uh, an idea slide, or you would introduce a video that would set up the idea, but you've, you've got the, the underpinnings, the scaffolding of your thoughts and you've got it in four sentences, basically. Any, any final thoughts from you, Anna? This is fun.
1: Oh, I, I'm actually, I actually want to do like a couple of sketches for visuals for this campaign at this point because I think the the language, as you've said, like it's easy to imagine a piece. You cannot imagine holistic, but this I have like three or four ad sets in my head already.
0: Ooh, ooh, I like yeah, that. I like, I like
1: that.
0: Mm. Okay. Well, our goal. So it's Saturday, October nine. It's ten AM where I am, and I think it's what three PM where you are. Uh, uh, we're going to get
1: five. Yeah.
0: nearly five. My bad. I knew I knew what the time mm-hmm. difference was before, but then I forgot. Um, we're going to try to get this up live today. I'm going to put it on my Instagram at Mark Pollard. I'll, I'll tag Anna if you want to. <laughs> <laughs> if you, anybody's working on IKEA or working on uh, especially architect related stuff, maybe you can. Uh, I don't know, talk to Anna about it, but we're going to get this live today. So if you want to see it by the time the podcast goes live, head over to at Mark Pollard. Anna, where can people find you on the internet?
1: Oh, you can find me on Instagram. You can find me on um, LinkedIn. You can find me with the company I work with. That's called The Right Street Digital. That's a communication and advertising consultancy in Brussels, Belgium. Yeah, and you can find me complaining on Mark's posts on Instagram. Apparently,
0: so. Oh my gosh! Yes, I could, <laughs> I could feel. I could feel the concreteness of our interactions. Mm. No, it, it, it is. It is. Oh, it's funny. I've just found, especially this didn't really happen until about a year and a half ago. And now when I, when I post things, there's honestly sometimes hundreds of people that we've spoke with that have been in sessions or that I've spoken with. And we, we kind of know what we're about. And then other people will jump in and be like, nah, you know, <laughs> that, that sucks. What are you doing? And it's like, oh my God, we're going to go through all this. <laughs> and then it pops up in notifications on your phone. So you're just getting abused on your phone. So if you want to see Anna's uh, Instagram, I am going to pronounce this and you can correct me. Anna's at, Anka Bashtav, Bashtavanka, right? Oh, yeah, that's Anka actually quite good. <laughs> Okay, I get it. Um, awesome. Well, let's get this up. And thank you for joining me on Sweathead today. I really, really appreciate it.
1: Oh, thank you. This has been a lot of fun. So I've enjoyed it. Thanks for inviting just,
0: me. I'm just, ha- just happy that we got to play. All right. Peace. <laughs> Thank you for listening to this episode of Sweathead. If it's your first time here, please subscribe. If you enjoyed the episode, please share it with a friend or leave a kind rating. For more information about our strategy classes, events, and books, visit www.sweathead.com. And yes, you can find us on Instagram at, at Sweathead.